Hi, I'm Justin King, and welcome to the Blue Chip Academy. As a five-star recruit, all-Big Ten corner, NFL vet, and Power 5 recruiting coordinator, I understand the emotions that go along with the recruiting process. The Blue Chip Academy is here to provide education, critical insights, and mentorship through the recruiting process for families and athletes alike. When athletes and their families have proper education and guidance, they're able to make better decisions and set themselves up for long-term success. Blue Chip Academy provides the resources and information that empowers athletes to create their own blue chip blueprint and take ownership of their careers. Blue Chip Academy exists because when athletes and their families are armed with the right information, they're able to make the decisions for themselves that positively impact their future. Again, I'll be your host, Justin King, and welcome to Blue Chip Academy. Soften where the yep. information is coming in, you can kind of bypass everybody that's kind of head start on you. Like that's the thing. Yeah. If you don't, I think you kind of become stagnant and you see people. I, like, I, I wish, I wish I would have took that approach. You know, you get older and it's always like, what should have, could have, would have type of thing. If I knew this, but becoming a coach, definitely, man, I think I learned more just coaching then I, I I taught myself a lot in, in hooping, but like I learned so much strategy, so much game from just just techniques and all of these things that I thought were so stupid. Even in game prep, stretching, I didn't stretch. I didn't know what a stretch was. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It was just just and then, um, but I think players that take that that mindset and 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 think, you know, like. I don't know who said it, but, you know, knowing that you know nothing mm. is wisdom. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and taking that approach because um, you don't know everything and then you, you won't know until you get there. And so it got to be like a mutual respect. But, too, um, I just want to go back real quick to something you said that I think is key, that my head coach at Morgan, before he passed, he told me, I told him, I said, uh, when I'm done here, I need you to hire me as an assistant coach. And he said, Jamie, I need your ghetto but to go work for some white people for five years. He said, if you can work for some white people for five years without getting fired, I will hire you like what, wherever you want, I will hire you, but you got to last five years. And I struggled with that, but that was, I mean, that broke me down, man. You saying the CCN thing, I mean, the covering your butt, the how to interact in, in the office and how to look the part. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, that changed my life and and I mean because you need I that in sport to work in sports you need that like to like to be completely honest whether you get the training whether you get the training yep. when you if you work in corporate America like I did or like you did or you go through the process if you're like keen into it I think 14 15 I felt like I had some of the 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 pieces in place going through the process and just paying attention you can like mm-hmm. build those blocks up into it like accelerate it but yeah. I think it's extremely valuable to just get outside your comfort zone and kind of feel Yep. Like bring your competitive nature into something else and learn those different tactical skills or those critical yeah. skills that in something else and then bring it back to your passion and things of that nature yep. because then just creating a dynamic professional that just doesn't exist. I mean, we talk about it talk about the book range a lot, uh, where it's just like having those different skill sets and kind of bring them together. It's the same thing for a, a player that becoming a coach, a, a coach becoming an executive or wh- whatever mm-hmm. that may be in that in that field. And so let me pivot a little bit. So like once you're at, you know, you're doing the thing with basketball, at what point did you feel like, you know what, I want to get into this branding space, you know what I mean? And start dealing with uh, individuals like players and musicians and things of that nature and starting off and starting Catalyst and branding. I think that's just always been 
it's been a passion of mine, but I didn't really know how to go about it. And I mean, just early on, I just was so fascinated with your recruiting process with, with, uh, with, um, what's his name? Scrap, just how much he put into it, his techniques and like different things and like what, seeing the different letters up and, and whatnot. And um, I know for me, different things would stand out because, you know, I thought I was like your manager. You didn't know it, but you know, I was your manager back in uh, yeah, <laughs> back up. in high school. No, you were. And yeah, I think you ran my MySpace page too. Like that was before yeah, even social media that. managers. You was running <laughs> Yo. When, and when I yo, when I think back at stuff like that, I feel like I was ahead of things often. I mean, and so like so after after basketball I graduated from Morgan and then I was just sick of sports at the time. So I'm like, you know what, I was injured, so I moved to Atlanta and I started working um you know, the the person I was with at the time um, had a lot of different connections in the music industry and in and television, but didn't tap into them. And I'm like, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh. Like, if I know one person in the industry, I'm tapping into it. And so she knew so many different people. And so I just start making calls and like, hey, can we go out for dinner? And she'd be like, I don't know, that nigga corny. He da 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 da. I'm like, I don't care. Right. We're going to go sit with him. And so kind of like that turned into like, you know, she she had an opportunity prior to be on the show, but I guess didn't tap into that. And then um, she kind of needed my push to, to, to give her the confidence to go ahead and get back on, like take that opportunity and like see if it was even still there. And so, you know, right away, as soon as I got to Atlanta, um, the connections that were made, it, I mean, it was just, it wowed me. And I'm like, yo, I can really, I mean, and within a year time frame, my life changed. Mm-hmm. Like with the network and the people that I built these relationships with all of a sudden. And then, um, so as far as the branding thing, I guess I didn't really look at it like branding at that time because that was like 2012 through 2015. And things were still, like, YouTube was a thing, but still not really. And, like, it wasn't an everyday thing, like, how people are so invested now. But I had her do a thing where every week I had her singing on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Like, we would record and try to upload it. Then I started wanting to do, like, you know, these lives. And, I mean, everything that people are doing today I had her doing back then. And this was just from like, and so I'm like, yo, this might be my thing for real. And so once she got on the show, um, you can't control reality TV. What show are you talking like about? That. Just so the listeners know. So, lo- yeah, Love and Hip Hop, Atlanta. Okay. And so, um, and I was like season 14, I think, but where I actually, the script was produced by me. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? The idea came from me and we sat down and we all agreed on it. You know what I'm saying? We all added different parts, but yeah, they took that script and ran with it. And to this day, they just did a rerun the other day. And um, every year they rerun the episode, the specific episode that I was a part of. And then that season alone brought in so much. I mean, it it was, it it created change because, yeah, I'm not going to say like, I enjoy being on the show because I, I didn't. It really, it kind of shook me up uh, a little bit because I didn't know. They, they film you. So, th- like, there's girls and, and, and guys, like, they can film the whole season and they'll never get on the show. They'll never get on the episode. 
So you don't know until the episode is out. They don't make promises. So, so they could, I mean, they, I was a part of a couple different episodes, you know what I'm saying? But only a few shows. And so, but Ashley Nicole, uh, my partner at the time and who I managed, she was, she was, I mean, our storyline was so great, but they, they, it didn't end up going the way that we wanted it to go. It was supposed to go, right? And mm-hmm. then, so we we learned very quickly the finessing game. And mm-hmm. so, um, but from there, I realized I'm like, I don't think I want to be on because you know it can be it be it becomes a lot. But then what I started doing was I was getting calls for her, like, hey, can you bring her to this event? Can you bring her to this event? And the negotiating process, I I, I started to really enjoy. And then from there, I'm like, you know what? Well, this week's episode, Ashley and Rashida made made up. They became friends. So how about I book Rashida and Ashley together to make this real? You know what I'm saying? And so then I start booking. So I'm like, ain't nobody going to turn down money. So then what I started doing was I start, hey, um, I got Jock too. You want, you need Jock with you? And taking a percentage from boom, boom. So next thing you know, I'm like 20 324 like bringing in all this cash and it's just and I don't even work with them honestly I'm just booking them and then from there what I did was Ashley's team I had to put a team around her and that's when the branded thing became a thing because she was seen every day now so her hair had to be perfect her image had to be perfect and so I built a team around her a makeup artist hairstylist designer everything and so um that team uh the others could afford to pay for a team to travel well we couldn't at the time we were both young and so i got like these fresh new interns i made them interns and i told them like look you could travel with us we could turn up but i can't pay you um and so the end of that season we end up doing the reunion and so at the reunion my intern team, her her style team, want like she she got the award for the best look, the best dress, the best hair, best outfit. And so this internship team killed it. And so what I did was I start reaching out to people to hire my team. And so each part of it, I just start making money from. And but what I realized was, and I, and I did end up working like in the music industry. Um, but where the money came from was whoever was in charge of creating this image was who made the money. And so the makeup artist today, her name's Erica LaPearl. Um, she's actually lives in Cardi B's house. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. So from, from Ashley Nicole, she got hired with Cardi B. She's been with her ever since she's rich. She, she's living her life. I mean, same thing with the hairstyle, same thing with the hair provider, all of them, I got put in these great positions and they're doing so well. But that's when I realized branding was so important in image. Mm. And so from there, once um, I really, honestly, the bulk of my experience with branding and marketing and management is in the entertainment industry. But then, you know, once the NIL became a thing, I'm like, uh, uh, I'm ki- I got to kill it. You know what I'm saying? And to my knowledge, I'm the first black female you know what I'm saying? A uh, brand agency that's specific towards the NIL. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't know. Like, I just, I love it. I enjoy it. It's not work. And yeah, I think, I mean, you know, us, when we were athletes, 
I think the hardest part is, is something that you mentioned as a coach is talent management. And I think, I think it's the hardest thing is, can you get your guys on the phone? Can you get them to hold up to their contracts and agreements with these, you know, companies? Because I can get the deals coming in, but can my guys show up for the photo shoot? And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing for me that has been a challenge and, and definitely need a team for. No, that's that's 100% real. Especially, I mean, that talent management, when you talk about branding, and even when we get into the NIL space, I think a lot of people that have come into the space have come from the entertainment industry or just adjacent to the talent, to the talent or the entertainment industry. And they think, okay, well, branding's branding and all those different things. So I'm interested to hear, how do you define branding? Because I feel like it's getting lost a little bit when, like, there's a lot of brand managers coming into the space and trying to deal with high school athletes. Because I do think sports branding is a little different. Like, you obviously talked about the, uh, like, your background seeing us in sports. So, like, you have an understanding of, like, what sports branding is and the difference. So you can, like, combine the two. How do you define branding? How do you, how do you define branding? Like, period. That's a tough one. I know it is because it's because I I do feel like it's getting lost because people are like, oh, it's it's doing a charity or it's doing this, and I and I'm like, well, when it comes to sports, like I feel like your brand has to initially come from some level of extension of your actual athletic ability. Me personally, like most athletes that I've seen that have sustainable brands, it comes from something that's real that they that the people can identify and see. I remember saying when, right. when Michael Parsons was coming out, I was like, oh, this dude can be a Marvel character. Like, like legitimately be yeah, like a Marvel character, yeah. like based on how he, his athleticism is almost like, is almost like a, a superhero mutant to an extent. And, but then you yeah. see his personality and it's like, it's a real genuine, uh, like colorful yeah. personality. And it's like, like, yo, this, this, this guy's like something different. And, you know, you see somebody like Saquon, like he has a, a he has a athletic ability that, that's off the charts you know, and his, but his, per, his personality was, it wasn't like Micah's, but at the same time, like his, he could build a brand off of how he was. He was like, he was extremely yeah. uh, humble. He was extremely competitive and ex- I mean, I, he's, he was great, obviously. Right. But it was just yeah. like the different aspects of how you build a brand. Cause it's not cookie cutter and it's not one size fits all. It's not the same thing that you bring from the entertainment industry when someone has like an art that they're putting out there. Right. Especially when you come into yeah. sports we're like the, if I mean, working from the league office standpoint, like our job is to negate the value of an individual player to an extent. Like we're supposed to build the market, yeah. the whole thing. So at that point, yep. it's up to the individual to make themselves special or stand out. And like, how do you do that? Yeah. Like in sports. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, and you, you put it simple. I, I'm thinking so, so broad with, with that question, but no, you're right. I think, you know, it has to make sense to everyone else. It can't just, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, the athletic ability, but too, like, I think personality has a lot to do with it um, and what they're interested in. And the first thing that I ask, you know, the clients that I work with is what are you into? What do you Mm -hmm. do? You know what I'm saying? Like when you go home, because I already know the athlete you are, because I watch you obviously, and I like you enough to want to work with you, but um, and I think that's the hard thing is that a lot of guys aren't marketable. They're, they're not marketable and they don't, they haven't been able to identify their brand yet. And that makes the difference because, um, you know, a lot of deals, 
these days are a lot of deals these days are more you know i mean you could get the 400 500 600 deals on tiktok to make a post whatever well you know i have guys that don't want a tiktok they don't want to sign up for tiktok they don't want to do that you know what i'm saying so okay fine so what do you what is it not like you know what i'm saying what do you do if that's not your thing so then what let's find your thing that you're into but it can't just be well, I'm into this for a season or into this fat. It has to define you. And you know what I'm saying? It could be like where you're from and your upbringing can have a lot to do with, with your brand. You know what I'm saying? But I think with this NIO thing, I think a lot of these companies are kind of, they're not yet really finding a way to get to know these players. Um, and and maybe the maybe it's the agency's fault um, of not kind of putting that information out there to describe like, hey, this is who this person is and this player, and here's his brand. Because, you know, if the ad doesn't make sense to the player, um, it's not going to work. And, I, and, and, and I'm, yeah, I've done that. Something. You touched on something. So yeah. why don't the agents put it out? Because the agents get the money from the SRA and the contract. They, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's icing on the top if you yeah. get a marketing bill. But you don't really have to if you're an agent. You get this paper signed in football. It's like that's where the money's coming. That's why you only see one point five percent of the players in the NFL with nil. I mean, with marketing deals of some of some level of caliber. That's why mm-hmm. I get kind of head scratching when they're like sprinting to college or everybody's sprinting to help like high school and college athletes. I'm like, yo, there's a whole bunch of professional athletes that have that are the best in the world and they don't have a brand at all. Like, so why are we sprinting yeah. to these guys? To just give, I mean, there's a level of education you can get them ready because I think there is something to starting to build your professional brand, starting to understand exactly who you are and kind of figuring that out. And because if it's not real, you can't you can't sustain it as you continue to right. go through the recruiting process, college uh, playing days, transitioning out to have a real brand. Like you hear about Deion Sanders being called prime time when he was in high school. Like playing basketball, yeah. it is like that stuck when he got to Florida State and the way he played, he lived prime time to the point where yeah. he's a coach at fifty plus years old, and it's we still know him as prime because it's it's authentic. How he walks, his swag, it's, everything. It's yeah. authentic. You can like it or dislike it. I mean, you can like it or not. But I mean, Floyd Mayweather too. Like he, I think he was somebody that had a crazy brand transition when he was Pretty Boy Floyd. Right, he was still yeah. the same type of thing, but even in boxing, is I'm always like intrigued by boxing brands because like he switched it up to, uh, you know, almost like a villain to an extent. Like the money Mayweather yeah. became a villain when people was like, you know, throwing the money at the thing. Like he was Pretty Boy was not that, you know what I mean? But when he turned into that, it was like, oh, because now you're your own promoter. And I think that I, I really yeah. have an appreciation for boxers, fighters, individual sports because like even track athletes because they ha- they're used to engaging with fans right like i think sometimes in football or i mean you the, the relationship with the fan is kind of is messed up at an early age because typically you're for some reason as football players your first interaction with fans was like haters and so it's like yo block them yeah. out so then you look at everybody as the enemy mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like nope i need to do this i got my helmet on you don't have to see me i get paid a lot of money to do what i'm doing so i don't really need to engage that but now these guys and girls have a opportunity to brand themselves early and early. Not like female, I mean, women athletes, because they like to get on social media. They they have a yeah. presence. They can put themselves out there in a sense that attract brands, that attract followers. And yeah, it's a real interesting dynamic that's happening uh, in the NIL mm-hmm. space now. Yeah, I think, I think 
the NIL space is still figuring itself out. Um, and I think it's going to take, I, th- I think it'll take a few years. Um, and I think, you know, things will kind of settle yeah. um, more so because, you know, I mean, I, I'm seeing a lot of different things taking place. And, uh, you know, for me, I think I just try my best to stay authentic and stay original and stay doing what I know how to do. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been, I've done negotiated multi-million dollar deals at the age of 23. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like the numbers and things aren't the problem. It's the, I guess just the, the culture in itself. And, you know, a lot of people were so excited for the young players to get an opportunity to make money. I was scared for them. Mm-hmm. I was scared, and that's what made me jump in so quick. And I told myself, I told my dad, told him Terry, I'm like, man, I'm scared mm-hmm. for them because I want to get in whether I negotiate a deal or whatever. I don't want to take a percentage from them right away. What I want to do from the very jump is get them before a culture vulture gets them and educate them. If I do nothing else, let me try to help balance them and, and clear their mind for them and say, okay, here's what this looks like. Let's get your LLC set up. Let's trademark this. Let's, you know, what is it that you're interested in? Let's reach out to those brands. And and I tell them all, even taxes. I, I don't know a lot of agencies out here that are helping or even educating their clients with paying taxes. Mm. That's huge. Right. And, and they're not doing all of those things. And so for me, the first year with my clients is I'm not, I tell them, I'm not focused on getting you a whole bunch of deals here and there. Now, if they come and you have that presence, then I'll manage it for you. But that first year, I'm more of like an advisor and a manager of what you got going on right now and then helping educate them. Because now that you're educated, now you can see a culture vulture coming in and trying to just eat off you and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, I've I've had people come in and try to take some of my clients and try to throw me under the bus. Well, this, 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 and that. Okay. But I'm built in the, the, the structure and you know what I'm saying? So they can't be moved. Yeah. It's like once once you provide real value around people, they're like, Oh, this is the real, like, Oh, I ain't, I'm not dealing with that. But sometimes people, and that's kind of, it's so funny that you say that because that's for at Blue Trip Academy. And that's exactly what we're trying to do is like get that information out there and early so yep. guys can have an acceleration plan when you're going through it's like oh no nah, that's not it oh this is it or like because I, I mean one of the misconceptions of success is you need a team I don't care what anyone says like you need a team to, to do this have different perspectives yep. understand what's going on and as you're curating your brand right whether you find that identity that uh unify a unique identifier for you and you start building that out like you need a squad to understand like, Oh, my finance guy, or, Oh, this is my person, my player yep. development person. Oh, this is my, like my brand uh, for this, or this is my marketing and like having everyone yep. in their special, in their, in their specialty, like working for you. Cause like, that's how yep. tennis players operate. Like that's how yep. golfers operate. Like that. I mean, it's, they have a swing coach. They have a mental coach. They have nutritionist. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, why do you think that these guys just need one person to kind of oversee all these different aspects of the career because you know, you need that yep. level of balance to get to the right um, outcome. Yeah. I truly believe. And I think, I think being an advisor is what I've come to accept myself as more so 
because um, I've just really, I've just seen so much go wrong in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and the sports world, I think is double that when you talk about culture vultures, because the money's different, the money's different, the influence is different. And so, you know, sports is the only place you can see racist people, Africans, green, purple, blue, whatever, all sit and have fun and, and cheers their beer. You know, you, you're not going to see that in the entertainment industry. It's very much still, you know what I'm saying? Men you're over here, here. You're over here. Yep. Country singers yeah, over here. Rappers, R&B is right here. And it's like your crowd's going to be your crowd. I mean, That's a very good point. Yeah. You're getting the football. You're and, bringing those all together, right? Like, and the, So you can influence so much more. And even when you're looking for, like, when you're looking for that help, when you see players all the time, it's like, all right, they have an oh, idea yeah. of what an agent's going to look like. They have an idea of who's supposed to talk about the money. They have an idea of who's supposed to do your brand. And, like, I've been on the other side where I've negotiated with agents from, like, a league perspective, whether it's brand and d- directing brands to players and dealing with agents. And I'm like, oh, man, this is this is jacked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, when well, you let just me see, ask um, you, do, do, do any of those look like me? No, no, absolutely not. You know what I mean? Like they don't, and they don't look like me either. And that's what I made me yeah. jump out from the XFL to start the LIG Sports Group and Blue Chip Academy, and just seeing the different gaps in the entire process and how close knit the ecosystem is, and people don't really realize it when we think we're going through it by ourselves, and this person doesn't know this. It's like, oh, this is all connected, and we're just not in these, uh, I guess, positions of influence within there, right? When yeah. you see some agents where it's like, you know, the Mogettas or, you know, even Chucky's an agent and different things in there. But I, I mean, like the agent game is still set up from the NFL and the NFLPA from the owners. And like, so that's still the genesis of where yeah. they're supposed to be working. Like, look, they have guaranteed contracts that are trying to help from agents poaching other agents, but it's still to protect the agents, not to protect the player. Like, who cares if, right. like, you know what I mean? Like, protect the player. Like, they should have one-year deals or that's, I'm getting, I, I digress. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> understanding just those different aspects and how to, like, really do your, handle your business right. Because that's how it kind of inspired us to even do the Blue White Collective at Penn State. Where it was like, look, we're going to help these guys with, like, a business structure, right? We can build a business around yeah. them so where they can go out and play, do your thing, yep. and you can sell merch. Like, it's like, I mean, I made my money at Penn State. People bought jerseys. I mean, not to speak yep. too much, but, you know, sell memorabilia yeah. and different things of that nature. It's like, yo, that's where the money flows. We work at a league office and you see where, like, the merch goes and, like, oh, the players don't get any of this. Oh, if we can create an engine where the players can benefit off the ecosystem that they're playing in and the plays that they're making and get a cut off of that, like, that's really name, image, and likeness, right? Like, that's name, image, and likeness. Yep. You're using the brand of the school, but, like, personal branding is a little bit different. You know what I mean? Like when you're talking yeah. about these things that yeah. you guys do at brand me and even at catalyst. And so like, I think that's like, it's like a very intricate, you know, the lines are getting gray. And like you said, the different levels of influence are sometimes kind of set up for people to look for certain people to handle those things. And that's not necessarily, that's not the right way. Not necessarily. That's not the right way. Cause there's people, there's a lot of professionals like yourself, like myself that, that been in this game that can give real insight to that are educated, too. educated. It's not right? just being in the game. We're, we're educated. Like, yeah. 
Absolutely. And, it's, and, and maybe it's hard. Maybe it's hard because we look too much like them. Maybe. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I, like maybe it's, it's that thing because for me, I've just always been big on, even with the people I work with is be yourself. You can be, I, I got dreads on purpose. I got good hair. Me too. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> it was, hard. It was, to, it, it's been hard to grow these dreads. It was on you know purpose. It's like, look, man, like, it don't, it don't matter. Like, I, I mean, I, whatever you want, man. I graduated in 36 months with a 3.4 from Pitts. Like all that. Like, I don't, I got my master's from Miami. Like, I don't know how much, I don't really care. Like I know about this, like in this space, this, this uh, capitalization of the athletic journey or monetizing this athletic journey. Like I know the intricate stuff and I will put myself up against anybody. And from you explaining what you're, what you do, like in your space, like I will put you up against anyone. And it's just like understanding that and putting it out there. And I mean, and it's a, it's a new day and age, right? Like, and then there are agents out there doing different things, but we're not trying to be agents. So like, that's where it gets a little different. Right. I mean, so that's I, I, a great point that you bring up. So tell me a little bit, what does brand me do? And like, do you guys target in high school? Who do you guys deal with? Who are you guys typical clients and how can someone find you if they wanted to reach out and kind of look out for your services? So brand me is, is really has been more geared towards the NIL space. Um, because it, like we do the brand management with catalyst, but that has been more focused on like the entertainment or, you know, I even have an author, you know, so really um, just more broad, but the Brammy thing is more about, like you said, like the breaking down of piece by piece, building their structure, building their brand and educating them. So the first year I'm with them is literally every part of the game um, in terms of their brand and business, they're going to learn, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so um there's a professional experienced professional for each of those things and so you know whether it be you know someone in accounting for you know or or to discuss the taxes and how are we you know okay but I live in this state but I play here and you know having all those kind of discussions and being able to like um be on call for them Mm -hmm. so you know if, if one of them call me and say hey like you know tax season coming up tax season coming up how are we doing this? And so um, I know with my guys, I say, listen, either here, here's what this looks like. Okay. So you're going to get paid $2,000 from this company. You need to put away either. I can hold it for you and I'll only give you a certain amount. Um, I can hold 10%, 15, 20 or zero. If I hold zero, you're going to be fully you know, responsible to paying that. Now, if you give me some of this responsibility, I'll make sure this is paid and then we'll go through and I'll show you how to do this and then have them sit with a professional as well and go through to answer all their questions. But me as the advisor, I'm there each step of the way. I'm not particularly the person that's actually, I'm not the tax expert, you know what I'm saying? But I'm there as their trusted advisor to make sure like they understand. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times, you know, professionals talk to the younger generation like they know what's going on. Right. And then the younger generation doesn't really like to ask questions or know what questions to ask. And so I'm always just that kind of middle person to, to bring it together and make sure that they feel comfortable and have a team. And so even if it's like, okay, we, we have your business structure put together, 
Do you want to do t-shirts? Do you want to do real estate? So if it's real estate, then I'll go out and with the network that I have, I'm pretty much sharing the network with them. You know what I'm saying? And, and the network is so large that it can be really anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I think just just making them comfortable. And, and, and really the biggest thing that I stand on, I don't want my clients forever. You know what I'm saying? Now, I want them, I want to be committed to them for the first couple of years to make sure that they understand what's going on. And I think that with the NIL space in college, it's like a pre-professional, you know what I'm saying? World. And so if I can educate them enough and make them confident enough to where they know what's going on, by the time they get to the NFL, they will not need to pay out all these different percentages because now... Mm. Jamie got me hip. I know I got to do pay these taxes here. I, so now, okay, I got an agent, but I might not need the marketing from that agency part, or I might not need this. You know, because now I'm educated. I don't, I don't want to hold them forever. I want to educate them and put them in position to stand on their own. Power them. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like teaching them how to truly fish, and that's the one thing that I, I exactly. think. Just, I mean, I'll tell you from working at the highest level, whether it's with closer to owner, like that's something that they don't want. Right, because there's a level of like you want mm-hmm. the player or the product to be focused on the product, and like when you start getting into these yeah. other things, and they understand like, oh, this is how this is moving, this is how this needs to go. Oh, I mean, you start creating different animals. I mean, I mean you see it sometimes even when like there's uh, Roquan Smith where he represented himself, or you just hear like the media or agents or lawyers talk about players that represent themselves and they get a bad rap and they start putting bad stuff out in the media, like, oh, this dude's stupid. Why don't you just go hire someone? And it's like that's all a part of those little strings that people are pulling to kind of guide you to be like yo you need somebody i remember coming out of the league mm-hmm. i remember coming out of the league and when my financial advisor now kind of audited my former financial advisor and it was now i remember thinking like okay like i mean i've been playing football i'm not i'm not stupid but like i'm going to listen to the financial advisor that the nfl told me to listen to but then we start saying like well yeah. who's watching him like not right. that i wasn't doing yeah. anything wrong but like like all the information that i'm getting is like they're just teaching me how to Hire all these other people. And then I'm like, I don't know these. Like, I don't, I don't, wait, hold up. Like, besides Mets, like, who I knew, you know, we talk about relationships since I was, like, in sixth grade. It was still, my agent's still cool now. But, like, and he was the one. He gave me a lot of game going through. Like, yo, don't look at that. Don't do this. Yeah. And, and it's just interesting, like, where the powers that be, where they push the players to kind of look for support. And I'm just like, and I started dealing with those support people. I'm like, Oh, y'all clowns. Hold up. Hold up, man. This ain't, this ain't it, man. Like you start seeing that these same people are connected to coaches and you start seeing that thing trickle up all the way to like coaches getting hired. And then you get into those different realms. I'm getting a little high level here, not to get off of the NIL, but I'm just saying, I always kind of look at the ecosystem because for me, it all, it was like, I mean, it's so closed from the time that the recruiting process starts all the way to the time where you, you want to get into coaching, where you want to work in the game or whatever. Like it's all the same people that ask about one another. You ask a search firm, like, Hey, that person calls an agent that they know that calls two people. And it's like exactly. a closed circuit of four people. And I'm like, hold up. Y'all told us this was a meritocracy. Like we're supposed to, who's, it's who's the best. Like, how do we find like, this yeah. ain't the best. This is just who, you know, you know what I mean? Just yeah. in terms of different exactly. things. Like, so, I mean, that's, that's some very valid points, man. And last thing I'm going to leave you with, man, what's the like the greatest advice or the most influential advice that you would give to a player getting into the recruiting process with NIL nowadays? 
think the most important thing is you can hire your mom if if you want to. Um, you could teach your mom the game. But what what you can't do is you can't find um you can't teach someone how to be real. You can't teach someone how to be authentic. And so when you are hiring a mentor, an advisor, a, a, ma- a brand manager, an agent, a marketing guru. I just think that, you know, one, I think, like you said, a team is important. So you can't get around it. But the team doesn't have to look like, it doesn't have to be what you think it has to be. Your team can, you can make your team what you want it to be. And and honestly, this stuff is not rocket science. Don't try to make it's you think because- it is. Don't, don't try to make you think you can't do it. Like, you're right. Like, the you, team is like... the I mean, the athlete alone, you are bringing this traction. You are bringing this attention. It's going to come. All you need is you really need a team that you can trust. You know, you should always have someone that's been there before. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If your lead guy is someone that played in middle school and kind of like wish they can be in your shoes... I don't think that's safe. I don't think that's safe. You know what I'm saying? And I think you should, I think you should always question, question everything. Mm -hmm. And if the person that is working with you, if that makes them uncomfortable, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's a problem. You need transparency with everything. Mm -hmm. If it's an email, you need access. Your mama need access. So whoever you trust needs to be your point person with everything when when you're too busy or whatever you got to have that person because you know we we trust people that we don't know who who one don't look like us but because they they fit the description of like you said like this is what an agent is supposed to look like well it's 2023 yeah. and i mean you know what i'm saying yeah. and and so i think that a lot of these guys and i'm speaking from knowledge you know what I'm saying? Even in the Western PA area, there are culture vultures out here. And I, I just think, you know, you, you could build your team on your own with your family, with your siblings. You do not, they do not need to be experts that it's going to come. You can't, and that's the other thing too. I think a lot of people put pressure on me and I'm not going to go left, but I think for me, because I've had so much success in the entertainment industry, I think a lot of people put pressure on me of become like making them this this thing and really I'm managing who you are and so if you are a beast on that field and if you're doing what you're supposed to do on social media you don't need to hire no expert agent who's going to take 25% anyway you know what I'm saying talk about the the number one piece is the separating aspect on the field because like that's going to come and then there's the curation process right there's people that actually like you said like that have been in the game when you talk about us or having people that are knowledgeable about their expertise. Like, cause it's like you said, it's yeah. You want to have people that know what's going on. Like maybe, maybe you're, uh, maybe it's a, maybe it's like a brand person or whatever that person is, financial person that, you know, like maybe not been in the space, but like, you're absolutely right. And so, man, Jamie really appreciate you jumping on, man. I'll leave you with this one thing, man. Like our favorite quote here is like, there's no passion to be found playing small and selling for a, a life that is less than the one that you are capable of living, man. Nelson Mandela. And that's what exactly mm. you're trying to do here. And that's your doing with brand me. So again, thank you. Like you said, man, question everything and like, look at the landscape when you're going through this process, have a team, make sure that you guys have the right information, accurate information. 
You know what I mean? And make sure that you're finding those things that fit the right place. And you get a chance to check out the Blueprints of Success. That's a program that we have at LIG Sports Group and branding in the NIL recruiting area. Getting to all those things, like Jamie said, you are building this thing from your skill set. So make sure that that's your focus, especially in high school. So, Jamie, appreciate you jumping on, man. This has been awesome. Jay, thanks so much, man. I've all, you know, I always looked up to you. And I'm, I'm just glad that you're using your knowledge and your experiences to teach others because you, you have a lot of experience and knowledge. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's important. Thank you, you know so much, so man. Appreciate th- you bringing me on, cuz. I love you. Oh, thank you. This was great, man. This was amazing, <laughs> man. Thank you. Signing out. Class is dismissed, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Blue Chip Academy. To help navigate the recruiting waters, LIG Sports Group put together a Blue Chip recruiting checklist. Download your checklist at LIGsports.com Blue Chip Academy to ensure you're making informed decisions through this process. Hit subscribe and check out the LIG Sports Group Football Ops Recruiting YouTube channel, where we'll talk about the recruiting and other critical points in the football ecosystem. If you're feeling stressed, confused, or just want help putting together a blue chip blueprint for you and your son, don't hesitate to book a console call with me at LIGsports.com backslash Blue Chip Academy. Remember, everyone has a different journey. Keep sharpening and remember that you can only go to one school. Just make sure that you have your blue chip blueprint together and execute it. Life is good.